Welcome back to the 47th Hour. I'm Toby, and as always, I'm joined by Steve. This week we'll be reviewing Star Trek Prodigy Season 1 Episode 19, Supernova Part 1. So Steve, we've already had a bit of a discussion about this a second ago, and you just said to me that this is a depressing episode. Can you explain why? I just didn't think it would happen. I was just like, oh my god. Please, there's got to be something. Yeah. Where's your backup plan? Like, come on, come on. That feeling of helplessness, if that's what they set out to achieve, then well done, because that's how I felt. <laughs> so if you remember at the end of last week's episode, the protostar arrived at the centre of Federation space, where it was greeted by an entire fleet of Federation vessels. And because of Dahl's actions, the Admiral Janeway was confined to the brig. I like the twist on that as well. She's pleading with this ensign who was one of the refugees when Voyager went through divorce space in Counterpoint. Do you know, it's one of my favourite Voyager episodes as well. Last week, we referenced one of the worst Voyager episodes. This week, they referenced one of the best. I mean, we should never talk about Threshold. Yeah, stop now. (laughs) (laughs) As we said, this episode opens on the Dauntless, with Janeway trying to warn her senior officers of the weapon on the Protostar. They just think after her recent actions that she's just talking absolute nonsense, which I get. Yeah, Dal did a great job of making her look mad, I thought. <laughs> no one else has achieved that. <laughs> the Admiral of the Fleet wants a team on the Protostar and immediately orders that they fire phases on the ship to bring down its shields and board the ship. Did you catch Essentia's happy face? No, I didn't. <laughs> it was delightfully evil smirk as she was going to do it. <laughs> Over on the Protostar, Zero is trying to override the lockouts. And he's successful, but the Protostar drive core is offline, so they only have impulse power. Yes. Shields are falling fast, so Dahl suggests diverting the power from the drive into the shields, which works. Yeah. I thought it was quite clever for a kid. They're all learning so much. Yeah, I thought it was ingenious, actually. I actually thought it was really, really good. And then they just spend time flying around the Armada trying to avoid weapons fire. I was like, this isn't going to last long, really. Yeah, I was kind of like, there's only so long you're going to be able to do that for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did love Jankum's manoeuvre. The slippery dipsy doodle. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he named it that. (laughs) And it's like this full stop with like a reverse corkscrew. I don't know what that was, but it was brilliant. It looked great. It did. And then Dahl's response was, great work, except for the name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Agree with Dahl. You've got all these great manoeuvres, and then it's like, oh, I know, I'll do the slippery dipsy doodle. Jamie would be like, no. (laughs) 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 So as they're flying around, all these Federation vessels now start to open fire on the ship, and Dahl makes a comment about how once they've joined Starfleet Academy, they'll be able to laugh at this. Yeah. And then Rock straight away goes in to tell him about the augment ban in Starfleet. But Gwen stops her, which is good. It's not the right time to tell Dal. You need Dal working at full capacity, not spiralling into depression. Yes. We go back over to the Dauntless. And this is where we see Janeway pleading with the Ensign. And she manages to get free. Yep. Back on the Protostar, shields are critical. And Gwyn grabs a rifle, saying that she'll give the others a fighting chance. Dahl, quite rightly so, says that he's worried that if they go on the attack, their chances of getting into Starfleet reduce. Yes, that's all he's thinking about in his mind. Bless him. Gwyn is about to tell Dahl the truth, but Dahl, bless him, he misreads the signal. 
and goes in to give her a kiss. I love the way he recovered too. It was such a really well-written moment. I really liked it. Obviously, she's confused, but she still tells him the truth. As this is going on, the shields fall and the weapons are offline. Dar decides to grab the weapon and says that they all deserve somewhere to belong. And if he cannot join Starfleet, he'll make sure the rest of the crew can. Awesome moment. Yeah, what a response as well. Exactly. It shows that he's outgrown all of those selfish needs from the pilot episode and is now thinking of everybody on that ship as a crew. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the Dauntless, the Vindicator is in her Ascensia disguise and she is assembling an away team in the transporter room. But before they transport, she drops her disguise and takes out the other officers quite quickly. Nicely done. Yep. And the Diviner and Dreadnought strut in and the three of them transport over to the Protostar with the Diviner stating they are not to harm his daughter. You can tell from the Vindicator's face. She's got other plans. Yeah, she doesn't really care, does she? <laughs> She's like, okay, old man. <laughs> I wonder if that's her Chakotay that she doesn't listen to. <laughs> She's like, you've been holding me back for years. <laughs> they arrive on the Protostar and the Dreadnought immediately engages with Rock, Jankum and Dal, whilst the Divine and the Vindicator head to the bridge. She uses her Ascensia code to deactivate Hollow Janeway, whilst Gwyn hides, which I thought was a bit Odd, I thought she would have just gone in and confronted straight away. That would be her nature. Yeah, well, I thought she might have sealed the doors, like, asked, but obviously not. She had a plan. <laughs> sealed the doors, and she's like, yeah, okay, and then they just waltz in. And Bolo Janeway is too weak. You can just deactivate her. I don't like that. They had the same with the EMH. Yeah, but this is after that point. You'd think she'd be able to become autonomous and override that. Well, yeah. I guess it's not on the top of everyone's list when they're doing the programming. I mean, come on, though, it's Janeway, isn't it? If you're going to have a Janeway Holly program, she's got to be able to just activate herself at any point to get a coffee. <laughs> that just amazes me that holographic Janeway needs holographic coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. They spent time doing that, but not fixing the other issue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Diviner goes to check on the living construct weapon, which is in a section underneath the bridge. And the Vindicator locks him in, and Gwyn confronts her, and they engage in combat. Meanwhile, the kids are still fighting with the Dreadnought, which I'm stunned at. They did really, really well against something that's, you know, like he said, he had his targets acquired, and you were just like, they don't stand a chance, but they did really well. Mm. And then uh, Rock and Jankum get stuck to the ground by a gravity mine. Zero is disabled by one of those electric devices they used it a few episodes ago. And Dar was being held up by the throat. This is quite graphic for a children's program. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it comes to the conclusion it's not really a children's program. Just as Dreadnought is about to eliminate him, Murph appears from the ceiling with his little gooey eyes and his little smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Murph. He spends a minute causing this distraction and he's jumping around, pulling faces, smacking his butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> this bit's for the kids oh but that was one of my favorite moments <laughs> yeah actually it was mine too it was the best bit of the whole episode because <laughs> it's so inappropriate <laughs> yeah it is it's brilliant dreadnought freezes murph against the wall and traps dial with a piece of metal so now they are all stuck i was okay with the gravity mine i was okay with trapping dial freezing murph against the wall 
No, nobody hurts Murph. <laughs> that is my limit. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Diviner manages to unlock the door and he frees himself just as Gwyn loses the fight. The Vindicator threatens to kill her if he does not open communications with the entire fleet. Now, this is where he picks up the programmable matter weapon and launches it at her. But she just catches it like it's nothing. Oh, I know. And tells him he's always weak and tosses it back at him, impaling him. Did you see that come in? No. Why didn't he just open the hail? Because that's what he wanted anyway. Yeah, but I think this was some, some sort of redemption episode for him. Ah, uh, okay. Dreadnought struts onto the bridge. He's proud to announce that all threats have been eliminated and Essencia opens broadcast frequencies. Now, I love the fact that when you go on into the Dauntless, Jamie gets onto the bridge too late yeah. as they've already opened communications and all she sees is the Vindicator on the view screen laughing. <laughs> but I did love her speech about how the Federation watched her world tear itself apart and now she will watch them do the same. Very, very well done. Yeah, very poetic. Yep. Rock manages to use Jankum's flamethrower to free Murph, who in turn removes Zero's disabling device, who then frees Dahl, who then takes out the mine, trapping Rock and Jankum. Pure 100% teamwork. Yep, absolutely brilliant. They got themselves out of it. The kids head to the bridge and tell the Vindicator to stop it. Now, I like the fact that they just go on the bridge and they confront her. They're not worried about it. But the Dreadnought turns into her personal escape pod and they launch out with the bridge with no respect for anyone on board. Do you know, that scene, I was like, oh my god, she's good. When it went behind her and you saw stuff coming out to the ground, I thought she was going to go into it and was become some, some sort of super robot. Ah. Uh, but I'm glad they didn't go that way. Me too. Because now she's gone off, she's out somewhere. We might see her next episode, but we might not. She could be something that comes back. Season two, season three. Possibly. Honestly, I've got no idea where they're going from here. Because mm. I didn't expect them to do this. Nor did I. Not at all. Not at all. Takes a few minutes for the shields to kick in and repair the whole breach. And then we cut to Gwyn, who is with her dying father. This is where he confesses that all he wanted to do was save the worlds, and it wasn't supposed to be like this. Now, I'm confused because in episode one, he comes off as very xenophobic and intent on his one task, which is to destroy the Federation. There is no other ground. Yeah. So I don't quite get this turnaround. His journey, his experience, his experience of Janeway, mm. he was quite thankful to her for saving him. When he died, he didn't just die. He kind of turned into this blue dust and started floating around. I thought it was quite nice. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of when Buffy stakes the vampires, but a bit, just a little bit more special. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be hanging around breathing it in, though. No. <laughs> Zero manages to reactivate Hollow Janeway, and as they begin to formulate a plan, the living construct disables the Universal Translator, impeding their efforts. Absolutely brilliant. I didn't even think that that would happen. I was impressed. When it happened, I was just like, yes, yes, yeah. that's exactly what it should do. Exactly. It could suck all the oxygen out and jettison everything to stop them completely, but that would not make for a great episode. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it would be quite harrowing, wouldn't it? <laughs> they managed to formulate a plan. And since Federation vessels are only attacking other ships with a Federation signature, they want to get non-Federation allies to use their shields to protect the vessels. And a Klingon vessel answers... 
And Gwyn passes over a very simple message asking people to help stop the Federation attacking itself. Starfleet needs them now or it will not survive and people need to know that there is a place out there that is willing to accept them no matter who they are. I'm sure the Klingon's bored, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing her Sudoku underneath that screen. <laughs> yeah. The only issue I have with that is she's saying that no matter who you are, where you're from, the Federation will accept you. But yet she had to break the news to Dahl that he's an augment. He will not be accepted. Yeah, it's not really everyone, is it? But at that point, there's no point in her thinking about that. No matter who you are, unless you're an augment, <laughs> it doesn't work, does it? Yeah, looks at Dahl. <laughs> not mentioning any names. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we head back to the Dauntless, where things are absolutely critical when a torpedo is launched from another vessel directly towards the Dauntless. A Klingon bird of prey decloaks and takes the hit, saving the ship. I love it, it was nicely done, but I have one issue with this. What is it? Janeway now owes them one. Oh, but she's clever. It won't bother her, trust me. <laughs> yeah, I did love it though. All these vessels coming in to help protect the ships. Did you hesitate when they were like, there's a Gorn destroyer or something? And I was like, oh my God, get away from them. <laughs> because of Strange New Worlds, I was like, no, you don't want those ones. <laughs> I know they're Federation now, but still. <laughs> the Gorn episode of Strange New Worlds is awesome. Both of them, brilliant episodes. So everything's looking great. All of a sudden you see more Federation vessels arrive and they are immediately taken over by the weapon and they all begin firing on the fleet. Didn't expect it. I know, I know. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like so helpless for them. What can they do? When the Federation ships are in trouble, they send out an automatic SOS call, which other Federation vessels receive. If you get an SOS call, you go and answer it, don't you? Yeah. And they're all arriving, getting converted by the weapon. And then when they get in trouble, they're going to send out the same call. And more vessels will come. Yeah. This will not stop until all Federation vessels have been destroyed. And that is where we end the episode. Total helplessness is what you feel when you get to the end of the episode. It's a fantastic cliffhanger. I know, because you're like, they went there. You don't expect it, do you? Not now. I just was just like, oh my goodness, how are they going to get out? My theory is there is going to be a supernova involved. Otherwise, this is a badly named episode. I agree. <laughs> My gut tells me, because Janeway's involved, there's going to be time travel. That is where I went, yeah. I just thought, who is the queen of time travel? They have a, a set team, don't they, that watches the timeline? Yeah. She practically knows them all anyway. <laughs> She's on first name basis. <laughs> she has temple coffee chats. <laughs> yes, yeah. I can't see how the Prodigy crew can go back in time to solve this before it ever happens. Purely because if they take the Protostar back, the same thing is going to happen again. Yeah, I'm just wondering if Dahl saves the day and he becomes accepted because of him saving the day. This is a given. This is a given. This is going to be a seminal moment in Starfleet history and yes. the Federation. And for that, he will get recognised. Yeah. But I cannot see how they are going to correct it. How are they going to fix it? All the other vessels are um, badly damaged. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. They're uncontrollable. 
the only vessel that could work is the protostar or a non-federation vessel so one of the klingon birds of prey or something like that or maybe the gorn ship maybe they take one of those and go back in time or yeah. are we going to get another gray-haired admiral janeway appear like an endgame Wow, we would have three Janeways in what? Oh my god, that would just be too awesome. <laughs> Vice Admiral Janeway, Admiral Janeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if if we had three Janeways in one series, I would be like ten out of ten. Thank you. <laughs> I don't need to see the episode. <laughs> so that's it for another episode of the Forty Seven Hour. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to check out our Strange New Worlds and Orville reviews. Links can be found in the description alongside details of how you can help support our channel.